The chorus which celebrated the antiquity of her lineage had been ringing all night in the ears of Miss Brindlemew Grimalkin Phoebe Tabitha Ap Headlong when she took the squire aside while the visitors were sipping their tea and coffee. Nevu Harry, I have been noting your behaviour during the several stages of the ball and supper, and though I cannot tax you with any want of gallantry, for you are a very gallant young man, Nevu Harry, very gallant. I wish I could say as much for everyone, added she, throwing a spiteful look towards a distant corner where Mr. Jenkison was sitting with great nonchalance and at the moment dipping a rusk in a cup of chocolate. But I lament to perceive that you were at least as pleased with your lakes of milk punch and your bottles of champagne and burgundy as with any of your delightful partners. Now, though I can readily excuse this degree of incombustibility in the descendant of a family so remarkable in all ages for personal beauty as ours, yet I lament it exceedingly when I consider that, in conjunction with your present predilection for the easy life of a bachelor, it may possibly prove the means of causing our ancient genealogical tree which has its roots, if I may so speak, in the foundations of the world, to terminate suddenly in a point, unless you feel yourself moved by my exhortations to follow the example of all your ancestors, by choosing yourself a fitting and suitable helpmate to immortalise the pedigree of Heplong Apriader. Egad, that is very true, I'll marry directly. A good opportunity to fix on someone, now they're all here, and I'll pop the question without further ceremony. What think you, said the old lady, of Miss Nanny Glendu, the lineal descendant of Llewellyn Apiorth? She won't do. What say you, then, to Miss Williams of Ponticlass Ridrat, the descendant of the ancient family of... I don't like her, and as to her ancient family, that is a matter of no consequence. I have antiquity enough for two. They are all moderns, people of yesterday in comparison with us. What signifies six or seven centuries, which are the most they can make up? Why, to be sure, on that view of the question it is no consequence. What think you, then, of Miss Owen of Niddy-Gickrain? She will have six thousand a year. I would not have her if she had fifty. I'll think of somebody presently. I should like to be married on the same day with Caprioletta. Caprioletta? Without my being consulted? Consulted? I was commissioned to tell you, but somehow or other I let it slip. However, she is going to be married to my friend Mr. Foster, the philosopher. Oh, said the maiden aunt. That a daughter of our ancient family should marry a philosopher? It is enough to make the bones of all the apparatus turn in their graves. I happen to be more enlightened than any of my ancestors were. Besides, it is Caprioletta's affair, not mine. I tell you, the matter is settled, fixed, determined, and so am I, to be married on the same day. I don't know, now I think of it, whom I can choose better than one of the daughters of my friend Chromatic. A Saxon? said the aunt, turning up her nose and was commencing a violent remonstrance, but the squire exclaiming, Music has charms, flew over to Mr. Chromatic and with a hearty slap on the shoulder asked him how he should like him for a son-in-law. 
Mr. Chromatic, rubbing his shoulder and highly delighted with the proposal, answered, Very much indeed. But, proceeding to ascertain which of his daughters had captivated the squire, the squire demurred and was unable to satisfy his curiosity. I hope that it may be Tenorina, for I imagine Graziosa has conceived a penchant for Sir Patrico Prism. Tenorina, exactly, said Squire Headlong, and became so impatient to bring the matter to a conclusion that Mr. Chromatic undertook to communicate with his daughter immediately. The young lady proved to be as ready as the squire, and the preliminaries were arranged in little more than five minutes. Mr. Chromatic's words, that he imagined his daughter Graziosa had conceived a penchant for Sir Patrick O'Prism, were not lost on the squire, who at once determined to have as many companions in the scrape as possible, and who, as soon as he could tear himself from Mrs. Headlong-elect, took three flying bounds across the room to the baronet and said, So, Sir Patrick, I find you and I are going to be married. Are we? Then sure won't I wish you joy, and myself too, for this is the first I have heard of it. Well, I have made up my mind to it, and you must not disappoint me. To be sure I won't, if I can help it, and I am very much obliged to you for taking so much trouble off my hands. And pray now, who is it that I am to be metamorphosing into Lady O'Prism? Miss Grazio's a chromatic. Oh, violet and vermilion. Though I never thought of it before, I dare say she will suit me as well as another. But then you must persuade the old Orpheus to draw out a few notes of rather a more magical description than those he is so fond of scraping on his crazy violin. To be sure he shall, said the squire, and, immediately returning to Mr. Chromatic, concluded the negotiation for Sir Patrick as expeditiously as he had done for himself. The squire next addressed himself to Mr. Escott. Here are three couple of us going to throw off together with the Reverend Dr. Gaster for Whipper in. Now, I think you cannot do better than make the fourth with Miss Cephalis. And then, as my father-in-law that is to be would say, we shall compose a very harmonious octave. Indeed, nothing would be more agreeable to both of us than such an arrangement but the old gentleman, since I first knew him, has changed, like the rest of the world, very lamentably for the worse. Now we wish to bring him to reason, if possible, though we mean to dispense with his consent if he should prove much longer refractory. I'll settle him, said Squire Headlong, and immediately posted up to Mr. Cranium, informing him that four marriages were about to take place by way of a merry winding up of the Christmas festivities. Indeed. And who are the parties? In the first place, my sister and Mr. Foster. In the second, Miss Graziosa Chromatic and Sir Patrick O'Prism. In the third, Miss Tenorina Chromatic and your humble servant. And in the fourth, to which, by the by, your consent is wanted. Oh-ho! Your daughter. And Mr. Panscoop. And Mr. Escott. What would you have better? He has ten thousand virtues. So has Mr. Panscoop. He has ten thousand a year. Virtues? Pounds. I have set my mind on Mr. Escott. I am very much obliged to you for dethroning me from my paternal authority. 